0: saying that in the article is just furthering the stigma that we shouldn't talk about it because as a woman if you see this you're like oh well i don't want people Mm -hmm. to now say that it's because i'm a
1: woman that i'm saying it so i'm not going to say anything you know it's like enabling that
2: i know i see what you're saying and i agree and i think again this is why it is so incredibly cool that she did this and we're talking about it. But going back to the article, another woman too, in addition, some uh, Professor Dana Greenberg, the fear is that if it's going to further fuel that gender bias, that women don't have the strength and resilience to lead in high-pressure situations. And she references some data from the Reykjavik Index showing that trust in women leaders has fallen Mm,
1: yeah i saw that
0: hey friends it's nicole and kate your girls from across the globe sydney australia and puerto rico to be exact and we're so excited
1: to be sharing this time with you i'm kate and i'm nicole and welcome back to another
2: candid conversation with us each week we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends
1: do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without
0: hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with
1: that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. How are you? Good morning. I am good. <laughs> you woke up very early this morning, didn't you? I did. I did. Mm. I had
2: one of those restless nights. Doesn't happen too often. Yeah. But I did. I woke up at I woke up at 3:45 and I was like, "Oh, cool. I've got like another, you know, almost an hour and a half before my alarm goes off." Then I was like, all of my little go-to tricks to get myself back to sleep didn't work this time Aww. so i decided to get what's out your, of it. what's
1: your number one what's your go-to like get me back to sleep trick?
2: <laughs> well i think i told you once i used to do gratitude lists like what i'm grateful yeah. for yeah yeah that that used to work i didn't didn't i haven't done that one in a while i do some breathing Mm-hmm. It's nights like that that
0: really make you appreciate like the importance of sleep and getting a good night's sleep, huh? Oh,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I got out of bed at 20 to 5. So it was 4.40 a.m. Wow. But yeah, so it feels like I've been up for like, what? Well, it's almost going on 7 a.m. here. So it feels like You've I've been- already had a day. <laughs> but hey it happens it happens and yeah. one thing i've learned too yeah you can get really frustrated with the idea that oh i'm you know i haven't had a good night's sleep and it's gonna affect me but i try not to i actually do that now if that happens i don't beat myself up for it i get up yeah and i said that's fine didn't have a great night's sleep let's move on and try not you know sit in that frustration that sleep i missed a good night's sleep it can really impact your whole day. That's so
0: funny that you mentioned that because just this morning I was working out with my virtual trainer and him and I talk about sleep scores a lot. And he told me that he got a 47 last night and I was like, oh my goodness. And he's like, yeah, so it's going to be a bad day. And I was like, shut your mouth, take it back. <laughs> <laughs> just because your sleep score suck doesn't mean your day has to like all the more reason for you to wake up and be like, all right,
1: I had a bad night's sleep today I'm gonna have a great day so I'm with you on the attitude
2: shift yeah no you're training the trainer here like oh yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) training the trainer I love it (laughs) well speaking of sleep and workouts and taking care of yourself today's topic is going to be all about burnout which is, of course, a very important topic for a lot of reasons. But it's maybe something that doesn't really get discussed that much. And it sounds kind of funny to say that. But when this topic was recommended to me by a woman that I met at a mastermind earlier this year, um, it was through an article that she had shared with me, which we're going to be talking about pretty in-depth today. It made me realize that I'm very familiar with the term burnout, especially since becoming an entrepreneur. That's probably kind of like what introduced me to the idea. So I feel like I know what it means. But when I started reading this article and talking to her about it, I realized that it's not something that I just stop and talk with people about. So I'm excited to have this
1: conversation today. I think it's going to be a great one. Yeah, definitely. I think it's
2: not talked about in that article. It, it mentioned that it's actually quite a stigmatized topic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taboo in workplace settings. So it's interesting. I'm curious, how did it actually come about with this uh, friend or this lady in the mastermind? Did she just happen to read this? How was, you know, because I think you talk about this with friends maybe, but well, I'm curious about the context. Mm,
0: Definitely. So the article is called, Is Burnout Finally High Profile Enough for Leaders to Act? And it is something that we'll definitely be linking up in the description of this episode, so you can check it out. It's an article from the BBC, um, and it was published 24th January 2023. And this mastermind that I was at was like that. I think it was either, I don't know what day of the week that was, but like this article had just come out Mm -hmm. and we were actually talking about our podcast and she had tuned into a Nicole and Kate can relate. And she said, have you guys chatted about burnout before? Mm. And I was thinking back to different episodes that we had recorded. I certainly know that it's come up, but I couldn't remember doing a dedicated episode about it. And she asked if I had seen this article, which I hadn't. So I was really happy that she shared it with me and and brought it up as a recommendation. Mm -hmm. This mastermind that I was at, it happened to be a mastermind of all women. So there was like 18 of us from all different backgrounds and, and places. And she specifically was traveling from the UK for this. It was here in Puerto Rico. And so I think it just was a timely topic and that Mm. this article had just come out.
2: Yeah, that's interesting in the sense that a, there's this context of women coming together and feeling comfortable to share and talk about topics that are probably difficult to discuss in general. Like, like I think you might talk to a friend and say, Hey, I'm burnt out or I'm feeling burnt out, but you know, to bring it up related to, work related to business. And I, and I think especially women hesitate to admit to it. I don't know. Mm.
0: Do you, do you think, I guess I was thinking about it when that came up in the article, cause they do talk about that, like whether it's more difficult for women to talk about than men and, and they kind of go into some more gender specifics around the topic and, and the stigma that comes with it. But I do think that overall speaking, if you look at life in general and you look at the role the typical role of a female um, or the societal role of a female to like be the mom and the homemaker and the caretaker and all of those things. I do think that we're less likely to kind of speak up and say like, you know, this is too much because we want to be able to handle it all. You know, we want to be able to fulfill all of those things. I think generally speaking, women are just more I don't know if nurturing is the right word, but just like we want to like be there for everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to admit maybe that we don't have the space or we can't be there for everyone. And especially in regards to this article. So what the article is about Jacinda Arden, who right around this time had announced that she would be standing down from office as New Zealand's prime minister. So you talk about like having a role of you know being a mom and maybe a business owner and running your household like (laughs) add to the list that you're prime minister of New Zealand that kind of
2: like stacks the
0: (laughs) the things right
2: yeah I don't know I always think about like anyone leading a country like I would not want that job never (laughs) just (laughs) opt out (laughs)
1: but
0: (laughs) But i'm grateful
1: that other people want it (laughs) right
2: and so yeah so she announced that she would step down and what was remarkable i suppose in her announcement was that the way she put it was i don't have enough in the tank Mm -hmm. and this article says even though she doesn't specifically say I'm burnt out people are interpreting I don't have enough in the tank as meaning I'm burnt out
1: I think that's a pretty I mean that would be
0: kind of what I would think of immediately like when I'm feeling burnt out or like overworked like, I don't have enough time to, like, do anything for myself. That's kind of where my head goes. And I think to add to all of this, and and I'm really curious about your opinion, I think it's absolutely fantastic that she announced this and that she stood up for herself and that she did what she felt was right For her, her health, her family and for the country, really, Mm -hmm. because nobody needs a leader who doesn't feel like they have enough in the tank to that sentence continues to do her job justice. Yeah. Um, So I admire her a lot for having the courage and, you know, it's hard to step down from these things because imagine how hard she worked to be where she was Mm -hmm. and. So uh, to add to
1: all of this, the fact that she was only 42 years old, mm-hmm. like that's so
2: young. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, she's so young. One of the, her achievements is that she was the youngest person in the world to ever take a leadership to lead a country at 37 years old,
1: which it's, a, it's crazy. It's remarkable. Like in, right? in an amazing way. Yes. Yeah. Remarkable is a much better word. <laughs> and so, yeah, you think, okay, 42, I mean, you know, you, you'd just be getting started. Right, And during her term,
0: she became a mother. She started a family like while she was in office. So I just think there are so many layers to this. And again, I go back to massive amounts of respect for her, you know, coming out and and feeling confident enough to say, like, I I can't do this anymore. I think that takes a lot. And I think that especially in high positions like this ego can take over so quickly and people would never admit that they can't do the
1: job they would just keep doing a subpar job right just so they wouldn't have to to
2: save face right yeah exactly i don't know anyone else who's done this and like to your point it's you would imagine anyone in a position of power for the most part would want to hold on to that power Yeah. So it is Mm -hmm. pretty for selfish reasons. Right. Yeah. Or for ego, for all of those things. And yeah, mostly for some sort of agenda. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't seem like a typical thing to do. So, hence, you know, an article like this, which does talk about the two sides of this. It's so awesome that she admitted to it because it opens up the conversation. You know, Mm -hmm. we can reassess, like, what is the workload? What is the toll of having like a ton of responsibility on your shoulders? What does mm-hmm. it mean when you do have so much responsibility? And if you're not self-aware enough to, to recognize that I need to be at my absolute best to do this job. You know, how many people are going to admit that they can't continue for whether it's like a temporary yeah. phase or whether it's just like, no, I need to step down and, and I'll I'll see you later.
0: (laughs) And they talk about the flip side of that being, and I know we're going to get into kind of, they they talk about it a lot, just like in general workplace, if you're a manager, what, what do those conversations need to look like so that your employees don't feel a stigma around Mm -hmm. speaking up and saying, Hey, this is too much or without feeling like they can't do that for fear that they might lose their job or Mm. somebody else might get the promotion or whatever it might be. But the other side of it was that is her speaking up as a woman essentially saying, oh, maybe women
1: really aren't cut out for this. Yeah. And frankly, that really pissed me off.
2: (laughs) I know. I know. But you can see it's a valid point, isn't it? That you could see the I don't, backlash. I don't you know see if it. That... Is though? Okay, you don't see it as a valid point. I see it
1: as a valid point, and that
0: yes, there will be people who say that. I don't see it as a valid point in the respect that if somebody doesn't start doing it, then history is just going to repeat itself. Mm. If we want this to be a conversation and like, if you look at the title of the article is burnout, finally high profile enough for leaders to act. Mm. If that's what we feel needs to happen for this to become a conversation and for us to find some way out of this, uh, what did they call it in the article that it's not mainstream but just kind of like you know millennials and and it's kind of like a hot thing right now that Mm -hmm. people have burnout
2: yes um
0: so so if we want to change that somebody's got to talk about it and again her using this platform to do so i think is super respectable and the fact that she's a woman i don't i think that that's bs that people would say Oh, well, this just proves not saying that they won't say that. But Mm. I don't
1: think that that should be a reason that people think that people shouldn't say it.
2: Does that make sense? Yes, I do. I'm trying to I'm looking back at the article and what was how did they frame this kind of fear of a backlash?
0: Yeah, so the the quote was, It was from Adela Hussein, and she said the danger with Jacinta as a female leader sharing her vulnerability is that there's room now for misogynists to question whether women are capable of high profile leadership.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, I agree that that is opening that door, but I don't agree. It's almost like saying that in the article is just furthering the stigma that we shouldn't talk about it because... As a woman, if you see this, you're like, oh, well, I don't want people Mm -hmm. to now say that it's because I'm a woman that I'm saying it. So I'm not going to say anything, you know, it's like
2: enabling that. I know. I see what you're saying. And I agree. And I think, again, this is why. It is so incredibly cool that she did this, and we're talking about it. But going back to the article, another woman, too, in addition, some uh, Professor Dana Greenberg, the fear is that if it's going to further fuel that gender bias, that women don't have the strength and resilience to lead in high-pressure situations. And she references some data from the Reykjavik Index, showing that trust in women leaders has fallen. Mm, Yeah, I saw that. I went went to read that uh, and I was just like, it is so disheartening. It is so disheartening. I mean,
0: I just look at like recent political events and I'm like, how could trust in male leadership not be going down like for the last forever? (laughs)
2: But that some of the some of the like hypotheses of like why trust has fallen in this Reykjavik Index on Leadership is due to certain political situations whether it was the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Mm. So showing, you know, that indicating that, well, you know, if women's health issues, you know, can be just up for public debate and women can't make their own decisions, then like normalizing that. Yeah. Also normalizing, you know, certain political leaders' behavior towards women or that locker mm-hmm. room talk, that was mm-hmm. normal. So they give all these different... You know, reasons why in, po- in the political landscape, on social media. We're so impressionable,
1: huh? Yeah. It's scary to think how
0: much we're influenced by what we hear. And that's why news to me and social media to a degree. I was actually just talking with a girlfriend this morning about social media. And there's so many things about social media that I do not like like these messages that get put out there and and they're such influential messages and that's what our kids are seeing and yep. people who are very much like shaping their opinions about what life is and how it's lived and what the rules are and yeah and yeah i mean news is just obviously like a bigger
2: picture of that too but mm. yeah this article says that research shows that the number of references to violent misogyny appearing online has soared over the past five years so mm-hmm. we're seeing more of it online on social media then there was an interesting part that referenced And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So when companies or countries are going through a bit of turmoil or a downturn, there are examples where they'll appoint a female leader or a female CEO in that difficult time, in that time of like trouble. And it's like, is that just to set them up to fail? Or is this just like, what's what's
1: going on here? That must have been an aside article. Yeah. Because I don't remember reading
2: about that. So we're on the perspective in this article that this announcement can cause a backlash, Mm -hmm. right? And so there was this fear that Women's, you know, resilience and ability to lead could come into further question, right? Which we're mm-hmm. really upset about, right? Like saying, yeah. it's not about it. <laughs> And then there was a link out to this study that showed oh, okay. uh, that trust yeah. has fallen in female leadership, and the and they they're trying to figure out like why. So they're giving all these yeah. reasons, like certain politicians, um, certain you know laws being overturned. Social media is one of them, and mm-hmm. then there's this part on women who are uh, put into, you know, top corporate roles when a company is in turmoil, like when the risk of failure is really high. Mm. And I mean, even recently there was uh, the UK's prime minister was uh, Liz Truss. Yeah. She was yeah. appointed during a really crappy time in, you know, in in the country. So it's like each case of these failures further kind of takes away the trust in female leaders, which I was like, oh, wow. Like I would never have thought of that perspective.
1: So anyway, Mm -hmm. I feel like they do a
0: good job of that too. Well, actually, I'm not sure if they do a good job of it because (laughs) I was questioning when I was reading it. Uh But like going out to other links kind of drives me a little bit crazy so i try not to do that so some mm-hmm. of the other articles that they link out to might have addressed this further
1: mm-hmm.
0: but when they talk about um leadership and and managers and and companies you know again furthering the stigma maybe employees don't feel comfortable to speak up and where who's responsible right mm. and I was kind of thinking that they were putting a lot of heat on these companies and leaders and managers that, like, it's their fault. Mm. And I can only speak from my own personal experience working in companies, but I always remember being explained during orientation, in HR, in follow up meetings. What access we had to speak with people if we needed help with anything. There was always such an open door. So, to me, when I was reading through it, I'm like, no, that responsibility is on the employee to step up and talk about if they are experiencing this. People can't read your mind, right? Mm. And so, if you're not going to be willing to advocate for yourself, but then again, it goes back to the stigma around it and people not feeling comfortable to do that. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. And I kind of like went back and forth about that.
2: Yeah. And I can, I can kind of hear, I've got friends who I can hear like an argument would be like in this world of positive vibes and everything, everything being all on the up and positivity and all of that, the onus always falls on the person. And I agree with you, there is some, you know, responsibility that we have. The only thing I suppose that these conversations can bring up is, is the workload unreasonable or Mm. is there maybe a mismatch in like the role description and the person you put in that role? So it's kind of like good that we get to, you know, step back and go, okay, well, what is the nature of this role? Is it too mm. difficult for one person to do? Uh, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I was
0: kind of thinking of it too, though, like just bringing it into our own lives. And like, as we're both managers and a respect, right? We're leaders in our company, like, how do you feel about this inside of your business? Do you feel like your employees have a responsibility to let you know if their workload is too much, if they feel the responsibility is too much, if they feel like they've been put in the wrong seat? And do you feel that as that manager that you've voiced that to them that they would feel comfortable and I guess, safe? I only use the word safe because of how this article talks about it in
2: doing so. Yeah. These are good questions. I've got some very recent examples, actually, of some of the things we've done. So a couple of things. We're a remote team, and recently we integrated with an app called Time Doctor, and Time Doctor is a productivity and tracking tool, and... Mm you know, off the bat, some people say, whoa, tracking, you know, websites and tracking projects and, and time, that's a little bit much, right? But the flip side of it as a remote team, especially is that it's really hard to know how much time projects are taking, how much time any given task is taking, or whether that the use of that time is actually effective and, helps the role helps the company helps the bottom line Mm -hmm. all of that Um, it's especially difficult with a remote team and so we had a very open conversation with the team before we were integrating as to why we're doing this um, what we're hoping you know the benefits will be and the team was like super receptive to um, to us you know embarking on this experiment I was trying I lost the word receptive for a second and even like some teammates saying, I actually find it hard to know when I'm spending too much time on something versus another task. And I'm like, yeah, that this is, this is great. Like I, I feel the same. Like it can all be very messy and blurred if you don't have good time management skills for starters, or if you're not actually yeah. you know able to reference something and say, yeah, I actually spent four hours in a meeting this week or in meetings. Anyway, so that's one of the things we did. And part of the integration, the reason why I talk about the integration is that one of the settings was a work-life balance setting and you're able to track and monitor if people, because the other fear of, you know, remote, teammates is that they're overworking, right? There's a flexibility with the hours that you can work. Are you in risk of overworking to get your job done? Or just because some people do put in extra hours, you know, that's just, that's Mm -hmm. the way they operate. But you've got to be responsible as the leader of the company to look at that and go, well, a overworking is, has significant implications that, you know, are not good, but why are you overworking? Like, are you mm-hmm. working on the wrong things or has, you know, whatever you're working on, has has it not been communicated to you what the requirements are, the scope of it, all of that. And so you're kind of helping steer and making sure that they're not wasting time or working on unnecessary things. So I thought that setting was really interesting and brought to light, especially as a remote team that you, you know, you can monitor and make sure that there is a healthy work-life balance.
0: And it just seems like a really great tool to... Encourage that conversation Mm -hmm. because now you have a reason to talk about it. Exactly. And, you know, you've been sharing with me that you guys are implementing this and I've been super curious about it because I've used tools like rescue time to track Mm -hmm. my own time and like where I'm spending it. And I think that all these tools are so incredibly helpful because the flip side of the maybe immediate like, oh, that's so big brother of Mm -hmm. you type of mentality I think what should be the mentality of it is that's so incredibly helpful for everyone involved, um, to all of your points that you just mentioned. Now, obviously we're not going to time Dr. Jacinda here, (laughs) (laughs) but I think that it's an interesting thing to consider if you are a leader or a manager in a company, whether it's with time doctor or just a conversation with your team. I do think that the communication is really important and it has to come from the top down for that precedent to be set that, oh, it's okay for me to talk about this. It's okay for me to open up about it without fear of losing my job or, you know, whatever. Exactly. And yeah, just having that two-way street about it.
2: Yeah. As a result of this integration, this implementation and communication is so important, right? You got to, get everyone on the same page, make sure everyone's on board, all of that. Then the follow-up to that was, as you know, we had our team retreat. Mm. We had our team retreat probably about a month after we integrated with this app. And one of the agenda items on the retreat was one of our teammates, Jenny. She ran a session called wellness um, in the work from home environment, in the work from home world. And it was so incredibly helpful informative and transformative because we had a very open discussion after she did her presentation you know defining what wellness is and looking at different ways you know and the impact of of not taking care of your health and your mental wellness Mm -hmm. when you're working from home Um, a lot of people are just working on their own as well they're not working in a co-working space they're in their own home You know, we had this kind of roundtable discussion after of how this session made them feel. Really awesome sharing experience, what the team actually shared with a lot of vulnerability. And then when we got back uh, to our respective homes and home countries, we set up a check-in on our base camp, which is our project management, where we asked the question, how did you practice uh, wellness this week? And everyone's sharing Mm. photos, everyone's committing to... I don't know that maybe they committed to go for a walk, you know, in, during their break or whether it's like they're sharing pictures of food or little trips they've taken on the weekend, all these things. And I'm, I'm really proud of that. I know. And it might sound like it could be a tokenistic kind of thing, but you know, I'm proud that we did have that conversation that we, and to this article's point, it's got to be okay for people to, to say they're burnt out or they're not coping mm-hmm. or whatever, To your point, it is also up to the employee mm-hmm. to actually yeah speak up.
0: Well, good for you guys. I totally I, you should be proud of that because I don't really think a lot of companies out there are, you know, that open about it. And I think it's a cool way to make it something fun and not mm-hmm. something that people need to be like afraid of. And, you know, it's cool to see what your coworkers are up to and then you get inspiration from that. Like, oh, you know, they went out for a walk today. I haven't mm-hmm. done a walk today. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll go for a walk too. And that's a awesome snowball to create so i really like that so as we continue down this path of like okay we started with jacinda and this article and the idea that burnout is now hopefully going to be something that's easier to talk about and you know her using this platform i think was a really wonderful way to start to put that out there And then talking about it in the workplace and kind of experience with, you know, being a manager. Do you ever personally feel like you've been in danger of burnout or do you have you ever been burnt out?
2: Yes. yes.
1: (laughs) What do you remember? Like the experience?
2: I do. I remember. And I'm, I feel fortunate that I bounced, I feel like I bounced back pretty quickly, but I was very conscious of the fact that I just got to that crispy end of burnout. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time I experienced it was a few years ago, maybe even five, six years ago. A lot of stuff was going on with the business. We were having friends who were staying with us. I think it was a time like we were all actually traveling to go to a conference to speak together. There's a lot going on. And I remember one day feeling like, oh, I'm getting sick. Like I'm run down. I've got mm. I've got a flu. I've got like, I just was like low on energy i just didn't feel well and i remember thinking oh i better go to the doctor because you know if i'm going to be traveling soon i'm not you know i need to i need to sort this out and i remember him going i don't think there's anything wrong like you don't have a viral infection you don't have you know the Mm. flu you don't have any doesn't look like you've got anything that that I can pinpoint. And I remember just going home. We've talked about this. I don't nap. I don't sleep in the middle of the day. But I remember that day thinking, I really need to sleep right now. And I did. I, I didn't work. I just said, guys, I, we had friends over. You guys sort yourself out. Let's sort yourselves out. Omar, you <laughs> take over. If there's anything urgent, you know, you can wake me, but I think you've got it. You don't need me. And I remember just sleeping it off that whole afternoon. And the next, the next day I actually woke up and I was like, Oh, I'm not sick.
1: Wow. That like that quickly. It's crazy. Like if we're paying attention to these cues, the power that we have to turn something around
2: quite quickly. I think so. I think I've, if I can, you know, I, I do feel that I'm pretty self-aware when it comes to changes Mm -hmm. in my body and just my energy levels, all of that. Like I'm pretty in tune with all of that. And I distinctly remember that time and then a subsequent, I think one or two other times where this has happened, where I felt exactly the same way and I've realized, oh, okay, I need to stop. Mm -hmm. And I think what the danger is when you're not conscious or you feel like you can't stop, just what you said, like you can bounce back pretty quickly. I'm not saying everyone can do that or everyone should do that or it should be that easy. Like I just made it sound so easy. I bounced back after, you know, a nap (laughs) pretty much. But I think the most important thing there is that we just keep it in check
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: that we're mindful of it. And we have these conversations because maybe, you know, if you do say to your friend, "I'm, I'm feeling burnt out, take a day off. Yeah.
0: Yeah, certainly. There are different levels of it, right? You know, I mean, a lot of people have shared burnout stories where they land in the hospital and, you know, in in very serious situations. I don't mean to diminish any of that. But yeah, yeah, the awareness part of it is that hopefully you catch it before it gets to that point. Mm. And not only are you taking your day off or going to sleep for a while, giving your body that rest, but hopefully you're also learning what you can do different in the future. So that like if you look back at the string of events that led up to that, how can you prevent that from happening in the future? Right. I I think that we have access to a lot of incredible things as mindful people, like Mm -hmm. you said, that you know, we kind of have these go-tos of support groups that we might lean on or friends that we might lean on. Like even if you're talking to a friend and you say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm just exhausted. Hopefully your friend's going to be like, you need a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Are there other ways that you found, um, just kind of like on this topic of mindfulness when you do maybe start to experience those days where you're like, okay, whoa, I'm very overwhelmed right now. I'm feeling, no gas in the tank,
2: Um, things that are kind of go-tos for you? I usually default to either a short meditation or mindfulness moment. And I try and do my yoga at least four or five times a week. I feel that really grounds me.
0: Yeah, I know that you've talked about yoga so many times just in the vein of like how helpful it is for you to stay grounded. And I feel the same just about working out in general. I mean, I feel like getting out for a walk or being out in nature, or going for a run, like all of those are the sort of thing that I go to when I feel like I just can't be in whatever moment Mm. I'm in right then, whether it's like overwhelm, I have too much on my plate. I'm feeling super run down. I'm also not a
1: fan of naps, but I have gone there in times of desperation. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: think what you said about like going for a run, taking yourself out, I think it's that awareness or I love how... Remember when we had Katie Kramitzos on, she talked about Mm. a conscious pause. And so in those moments where you do feel a bit frazzled or personally, when I feel frazzled, I didn't realize that, that that is actually what I was doing until she said it on that episode is that idea of like taking a conscious pause. Like I am aware of what is going on right now and I'm pressing pause, whether it's to breathe, whether it's to do a short meditation, whether it's to do a little stretch at my desk in the office, go for a walk. Yeah. I I really liked how she referred to it as a conscious pause.
0: Yeah. So good. I remember thinking the exact same thing of like, how is Katie like this in my head right now? (laughs) Just bringing words to all the things I'm thinking of, but I can't put words to. (laughs) Um, That was actually a really awesome episode. It's episode 76. If you want to check it out, Katie Kremitzos came on and talked about meditation and mindfulness. And actually very timely to call back to her episode because Katie has a massive celebration that she's having right now. And we're so excited to be celebrating with her. She's hitting a huge milestone with her Women's Meditation Network, 100 million downloads.
2: Wow.
1: Ah! that is so great oh so
0: incredible i was so happy to see this out and good on her she's doing a party to celebrate and i love that because i think so often we hit these huge milestones in business and we kind of let them go by the wayside but i love that she's doing a celebration for it her network now has 14
2: shows that's incredible so impressive that is impressive (laughs) think about how many people she's impacting with these with these podcasts all these different shows what is, she's got a sleep for meditation a morning meditation a meditation for women so good yeah she just one of
0: her most recent shows is meditation for moms so if you're into meditation and want to check out more definitely hit the episode we did with katie she had so many awesome tips to share about meditation and not making it feel like i know for me meditation always felt like something that i had to like break through this wall to really leverage she makes it just so accessible the way that she talks about it so check out that episode and you can learn more about women's meditation network at womensmeditationnetwork.com. dot com. We'll link that up in the description of this episode. Congrats, Katie. Yeah, huge congrats, Katie. Uh, Well, Nicole, while we're doing a callback to Katie's episode, I feel like there are a few other episodes that we've had here on the podcast that are very closely related to this topic. Um, One of those being with another Katie, Katie Van Buskirk on mental health. We'll link up to all of these episodes if you want to kind of do a look back to any of them. Another one was with Michelle Hansen on toxic positivity, which I definitely thought about while I was reading this article, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one that you had pointed out was a good kind of companion to this episode is how do you get out of a negative state of mind? So I think all of these are
1: great reference episodes. We'll link up in the description for people who want to check them out. It's interesting in the beginning,
2: when you mentioned your friend suggesting that we uh, that we do this episode on burnout, now that you list all those episodes, we actually have alluded to this topic. So it's one of our constants. We can relate to this whole idea this concept this problem this situation i don't know how you want to refer to it but yeah definitely been something we've talked about in in various ways Yeah, and I'm glad
1: that we're doing this episode, me and you, because looking at the episodes that we just called out to,
0: three of the four were special features. So clearly, we've brought in a lot of experts for this topic.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because my tip would be take a nap, guys. Take a nap; it'll just solve everything. (laughs) No, no.
1: more naps. Oh well, I loved having this conversation
0: today, Nicole. I think that um, it was really good to discuss this article. I know. That after I read
1: it, I was like, I got to talk to somebody about this because I had so many different emotions about
2: it. So, oh, I wanted to talk about Jacinda. I mean, she's such a cool woman. Like, everything yeah. I've read about her, like, I, you know, I know she's a politician and I know there's always going to be that whatever side you fall on, blah, all of that. This isn't a political discussion. I think she's absolutely an awesome woman. And, you Did know, it out. gave us this opportunity to talk about you know, a topic that women can relate to. Mm -hmm. So glad we had this combo.
1: All right, friends. Well, as we close out today's chat on burnout, we
0: hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra
1: boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode,
2: please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats or find our chats helpful, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.